Welcome to episode 22, I believe, I looked, um, of Reporting is Eligible. Um, the the Seattle playoff game, to pre, pre-show, pre to eliminate any uh, confusion. Uh, I am Paul Noonan. I, as always, write for the Shepherd Express for Acme Packing Company. Um, and with me, um, not uh, My name is Matt, but you can call me Matub. Yep. Uh, and I am the meme smith of acme packing company and general twiddle rabble rap twitter rabble rouser i can never say that i'm trying <laughs> to make it my catchphrase i can't even freaking say it we are jr list we need to get jr back he uh uh so without the studio available in in milwaukee without me there a little, little harder to get him sometimes but uh we'll get him on if the packers go far enough hopefully they do um, so for i mean for the people who didn't catch the context um JR and Paul usually would record in person and I would be remoting in. Yep. We would now be a three-way remote podcast. So it's yeah, a little tougher to coordinate, a little less clean, a little uh, honestly like so Matt found a, a recording, I don't know, communication agent that works really well. Like I have giant huge pictures of Matt in my basement right now that I'm talking to. It's like he's here. Um phrasing, bro. That was, that was pretty bad. <laughs> whatever basement needs decoration <laughs> it might as well look like that um still there you go but uh it's it's all good so we'll, we'll we'll see if we can wrangle one more so um other announcement to make is um as you know this is a sister podcast with the Milwaukee's tailgate podcast if you listen to the last one of that um steve um and jp are moving on from that um, jp does other baseball work and podcasts for baseball prospectus um which just i think was getting stretched a little bit thin with that and and his real life and, um, you know, Steve just wanted a little break, too. So um, I'm actually joining that basically full time um, uh, along with, uh, <laughs> you know what, you should always say people's names out loud in advance before you say them on the podcast because I am bad at pronouncing them. So Brad Ford is one of them uh, and James Langer. Sorry, I butchered your last name, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Ball. Um, uh, along with Ryan, who's still there as well. So I'll be on that a lot with, with those two, uh, those three, I guess um basically every week um and so no oh, that's fun um should be good going forward i i actually miss talking about baseball too because matt hates baseball so i need to bug somebody <laughs> actually, about well, it say my last name um i i actually don't know how to say your last name i i say <laughs> Matan- i say Matanich in my head but i know that's wrong yeah that's correct oh it that's, is okay that's how it is yeah it's it's how it's spelled um it's i i get matinic a lot which is actually kind of close to the original P- croatian but yeah, Matanich is the generally accepted. I'm actually shocked that that's correct. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I I get um, so f- I guess f- big name reveal for I talk about this on just about every piece of media I'm on. But the did, did I did I talk about my nickname on this podcast before? Yes, you did. We it was episode yes. five. Yeah. So so uh, Matanovich. It was a Patreon goal. <laughs> yeah, Matanovich became Matubalovich, which became Matub. So. <laughs> I don't know where the V comes from in people's pronunciations, but I think no it, it seems like with with I C H that it should be there, and I I think that's just it. Like people expect it, even though it's not there. So fair enough. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so Seattle, Seattle, we hate mm. Seattle, right? <laughs> We're not, so, Which, so first of all, I put out a poll I, if if we should talk about the 2014 debacle and okay. Uh, overwhelming no everybody's very positive they don't want to talk about okay. it they want to forget about it so we're not going to talk about it it makes everybody sad um, so not two minutes after the the eagles lost i tweeted out that uh national sports media is going to only talk about the 2014 game and it's going to completely turn me off of all coverage so the fact that we don't have to talk about it makes me very happy yeah and we have plenty of like good seattle memories to talk about in its stead so that's fine uh, i think one of the things that that game sours people on is like thinking that Seattle dominates the Packers when that's not mm-hmm. true at all. Um, mm-hmm. Green Bay has won most of the meetings they've had with Seattle, Russell Wilson and otherwise. Um, the, the high profile ones with that one and the fail Mary. But by and large, the Packers have done really well against them um, with a few you know minor exceptions. And even, even those games, they should have won. Um, mm-hmm. th- that's luck. They schemed well. They played mostly well. 
and and should have won. So, um, so the the one and only plug I want to make on that yep. game was Jr's article. Yeah, we should plug Jr's article, which is great if you want to punish yourself. Um, it's worth reading <laughs> it's, anyway. Um, so it's the fifth the fifteen things that all had to go wrong. Yes, because if any one of them goes right, they win the game. And yes. the the fake punt's the best one, I think, um, because they said after the, Seattle said after the game, if Brad Jones had not been on the field, they would not have run the fake because they <laughs> scouted him as being out of position on punts, and he was, and it worked. So uh, that guy sucked, and I'm glad he's gone. Um, Which reminds me of Have you heard the um, the story about Pat McAfee was supposed to score a touchdown, and Troy Polamalu ruined it? No, but that sounds like something so, Troy Polamalu would do. So yeah. Um, um, they, the Colts had this this fake. Uh, they watched like an infinite amount of of special team snaps, and they had this this fake. They were like, "Yeah, you know, if um, if we're on the left hash and inside the ten yard line, this fake is guaranteed to work." They have never covered this one spot on the field, and then out of nowhere, Palomalu for the first time in his entire career lines up in the C gap, and it's exactly where McAfee was going to go. <laughs> and they didn't even have a check out of the kick oh, no. or to check into the kick. And so McAfee, the holder, stands up, holds his hands out, and goes, we are kicking the ball. <laughs> That's great. So to this day, he hates Troy Palomalu, calls him Palomalu. Uh, that's raw. I like Troy. Mm. What's not to like about Troy Palomalu? Yeah, he well, it's smart for that him. one specific reason. Yeah, he likes Troy the person. Indeed. <laughs> you know who I don't like? Who? Pete Carroll. I like Pete Carroll. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> he sucks. He's a bad coach, and he coaches a team we play against all the time. Um, let's talk about Pete Carroll and, and why he's bad. So um, if you if you follow me especially, you, you know who Ben Baldwin is. So Ben likes to rip on Aaron Rodgers. Um, ben is the EPA, you know, spokesperson. But Ben, right? He used to write for Field Goals, the SB Nation uh, Seahawks. Ben side. wrote for Field. I did not know that. That's where he started, and he still covers the Seahawks. He even went while well, he's with the Atlantic, uh, the Atlantic, the Athletic. <laughs> sorry, not the Atlantic. Those are different. The people don't every month say I'm joining the Atlantic. That's that would be a very major change on the journalistic landscape. Um, so. <laughs> I think the only person that Ben hates more than Aaron Rodgers is Pete Carroll. Um, because I, I th- the one thing Ben has convinced me of is that Russell Wilson's just outstanding and just completely held back by an idiot. So um, they run the ball. Uh, they're definitely old school, establish the run. Um, you have to run to win. And they get in just terrible down to this. They're an okay running team, but they run way too much um, in neutral situations. So don't go look up running stats. They do run the ball a lot because they're ahead too, but they also run the ball when they're not ahead. And all the running backs are hurt. Like I'm sure everybody knows Marshawn Lynch is back on that team out of retirement Mm -hmm. because Chris Carson and Penny are hurt, and uh, he'll probably get a lot of work, um, (laughs) which is stupid. And also um, their third running back is hurt too, right? Uh, Because they had two running backs get hurt. Yeah, they they had two go out for the season in like week 16. They're down to... Lynch and Travis Homer, I believe his name is. Who is they also didn't they resign their their deaf fullback at one point? I maybe I don't know. I missed that. If they there did. was because I remember in the broadcast, so. Romo was talking about how they signed half a dozen old names, and one of them was I, I thought was the guy I recognized from the Duracell commercial, but I couldn't remember if it was him or not. Uh, well, that could be. I don't know. But basically, they run no structure on offense at all. Their offense is just Russell Wilson behind a terrible offensive line running around like crazy and throwing crazy accurate deep passes. Um, that works because he's phenomenal, but everybody on that team should be fired except for Russell Wilson and Lockett and, I guess, Metcalf. Um, that's the conclusion I've come to. Um, so it's good Carroll's there because if, if like, Greg Roman was coaching in this game or or John Harbaugh or, like, a competent person, I, I think we would be, like, a touchdown underdog. And instead, I think we'll probably win. So... Um, opened it at uh, three and a half. That sounds about right. Um, so they're, they're I, I got to check on it now. Yeah, they're good at passing. My hope is that Pete Carroll runs Marshawn Lynch into uh, the middle of our line like fifteen times in a row. That'd be fantastic, and he might do it. So, uh, so he, right now it's it's Green Bay minus four. Just to okay, that's good. So. More than yeah, more so than I, the home field favorite. That's good. Uh, I agree that I would I would love to see um, Marshawn Lynch run into a buzzsaw over and over again. I would because, even like him to be mildly successful on a couple of those runs. But let's keep doing it. But let's also um, 
talk about the fact that Marshawn is a old school three yards in a cloud of dust favoring player. Um, I mean, he's he's the guy who went in an interview and said that defenses can't handle it if you run into them over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like, well, yeah, they yeah, can. They can. Uh, <laughs> just it, well, I think touch on this a bit later, but just look at the Derrick Henry game, um, the Titans uh, game against the Patriots, where Derrick Henry was phenomenal and mm-hmm. just mauled people. They scored 16 points. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's what happens when you run the ball a lot. Um, and if Seattle does that, more power, uh, less power to them actually. But uh, <laughs> I hope <laughs> that. so. So Carroll is not a good coach. Um, that offense is entirely Wilson uh, making plays, and they, you know they used to rely on the Legion of Boom. But that's not that's gone. It's not there anymore. It's not good. Their defense is pretty bad. So, um, I like I like I like that. So the annoying part about Seattle is that like Wilson does save all this. Um, they were they were the luckiest team in the NFL this year. They were nine and two in close games, almost ten and one based on that last Forty Nine er game. But so a lot of that's luck. But a lot of that is the fact that like Carroll's and Brian Schottenheimer's stupid offense gets them behind all the time and then when they have to pass to come back the offense becomes good because they're passing yeah. so they do come back because they're playing the correct offense and manage to squeak out these games so um, are they are they running the the 2016 mccarthy system of uh our hall of fame quarterback will fix it yes that is exactly what their offense is so they have a hall of fame quarterback so it works okay but mm-hmm. it's also very out and pretty vulnerable um <laughs> So, yay for that. Their defense is also terrible. It's 26th against the run. So, Aaron should, wow. have, Aaron should have a good day. Um, the, the good Aaron. The good Aaron. Not, <laughs> yeah, not the crappy quarterback. The, the good running back. The, the pass defense is good. Uh, good-ish. It's 15th overall, but it's worst against tight ends. So, it's a little so bit, you'd say it's it's literally average. It's literally Their average. Their pass defense is literally average. Yeah, They're middle of the road. Against wide receivers, it's above average, which is... Since the Packers don't have any tight ends on the team, um, that's what really matters. Um, is but, is this the game that we see super back Danny Vitale line up in line? I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. I, Dang it. I, I just don't see it. Um, <laughs> Seattle is weak in the middle of the field, so anybody who is going to play slots or run routes in the middle likely going to have a big day. It just depends on who that is. Or if Jimmy Graham <laughs> drops the ball like five times, then... Then so we'll lose maybe then... maybe this will be the Geronimo Allison Jeff Janis game. Yeah, I'm so worried about that. Like, so so Geronimo lines up in the slot, has has ten catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. It, it, that's even like a plausible scenario. I hate it for being a plausible scenario. <laughs> he, he runs well. I there. mean, if 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 we see if we see the offense against um, the Vikings, like because that was a lot of crossing routes, that was a lot of timing, that was a lot of attacking the middle. It was, and even against the against the uh, Lions, you the first pass to Jimmy Graham that was dropped was a, a laser up the seam, like <laughs> such the, a beautiful play that went to waste. It really was, and that was Aaron's best ball of the day too. Um, um being a bit of a hater, the touchdown pass to Devontae was really good. It was, that's true. But um, <laughs> uh, I think that. Lafleur has shown that that he will scheme up some stuff in the middle, and I'm. It looks like Aaron will actually throw it. It does. I like it better than I would if Mike was ca- coaching this game. Um, mm. I will say that who never ever threw uh, in the middle. Um, man, I I work with a lot of Cowboys fans. I've had to talk about Mike McCarthy more in the last <laughs> twelve hours than I think I have the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I've been asked a few times by people. I don't know any Cowboys fans, thankfully, um, <laughs> but. I think he'll do okay there. Uh, he's smart to pick it. That's a great situation as long as mm-hmm. they can actually sign the people that they blundered into not signing earlier. So, um, so actually, to to bring it full circle, we talked about Seattle being super lucky. Um, Dallas is super unlucky. They were um, they were zero and five in close games in the course of the season, mm-hmm. and they outscored their opponents by over a hundred points on the year. Um, in the like recent like last twenty years, I don't think any team has ever gone eight and eight outscoring their opponents by 100 um, points? I don't think so. I do know that um, by every cumulative stat, they were better than Seattle, except for wins. Um, So they had had more rushing yards, they had more passing yards, they allowed fewer yards, they allowed fewer points, they scored more points, but because they went 0-5 in one-score games, 
they didn't make the playoffs. They, they sucked. Um, yep, they they're higher in almost every advanced stat as well. They, they're super high in DVOA. Um, they will probably rebound to be good next year. The only thing mm-hmm. that causes that is it's mostly luck, but also bad coaching. Coach is gone, and I mean, even if you don't think Mike's the greatest coach ever, he's going to get a bounce on luck. And he's, I mean, he's better than Jason Garrett is. That guy. Well, if you awful. if you believe the Kool Aid that Mike McCarthy's been pouring the last couple days, yep. Where he's going to have a ten-person sideline EPA uh, adjustment calculators. It's, I mean, it's he's basically going for the whole Moneyball approach, right? Like, like we're jumping dive dive into analytics as fast as possible. Yeah, I mean, I buy that a little bit. I mean, some of it we talked about it a little bit earlier, and I, I kind of agree with Jr. that the public nature of that quest that he had seemed like it was a little bit desperate. But I mean, it's good to go back and self scout and reevaluate too. And um, Mike's biggest like strength was always just running practices, instilling discipline more than it was, you know, strategy. So if yeah, gets, I mean, we always called him like I mean, even on this podcast, I think we yeah. called him the Monday through Saturday coach. Exactly. And so if he gets you know slightly better concepts and can get whip a team into shape, they'll do well. I like him on the Cowboys next year. I think they'll be a pretty good team and probably contenders. Well, uh. I, I referenced it on Twitter, but Shamari, which they might not. Yeah, that, and and Zeke, who, regardless of um, running back worth, is still a, a very talented player, who, if used correctly, can uh, tilt. He, he's he's worse than his backup, though. You think so? Yeah, I do. Okay. So uh, I I think that Zeke contract <laughs> will, will kind of ruin them a little bit. So. Fair enough. They've, done, uh, they've kind of done everything wrong cap wise. So just just so people know this. <laughs> We've alluded, but haven't said it. So Dak Prescott is an unrestricted free agent at this moment. Um, he can be franchised, but they did not. They did not get him a fifth year on his deal. They did not negotiate in season. So I, well, they they couldn't give him a fifth year because he was like third round pick. Yeah, it hurt them that way. But again, you got to lock it. So whatever you think of Dak Prescott, he's not bad. You know, <laughs> he's 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 at least average, and might be good like he's put up like three good seasons now you have to lock that up when you have that a quarterback they did not um now it's going to cost them and the uh, franchise tag for a 2020 quarterback is projected to be about 27 million yeah it's big so that's leverage for prescott um as much mm-hmm. as it is for the cowboys <laughs> um and they traded a first round pick for amari cooper which is i mean amari cooper is very good and young by the way he's only 25 um which is great if you win this year, but he's a free agent too, and they have no leverage there. They could franchise him as well, but that I assume is a crippling cap number too. So I uh, believe I just closed the tab. Yeah, the right. uh, wide receiver is eighteen four. It's projected. So between the two of them, if they franchise both of them, they have to pay them forty five million dollars. Yeah, um, that's that is a ton of money on top of what they're paying Elliot, um, and you know you still got to put the rest of the team out there. So. Bad cap management by them. I'm sure that they'll get at least Prescott um, back because it's hard to replace quarterbacks. Um, I could see them letting Cooper go just because it's going to be hard to negotiate. Um, but it's still a good situation for Mike. Um, Garrett just messed up this season slash bad luck did, and uh, if they don't go, if they don't get like a ten and six bounce back, at least it'll be shocking. Well, so um, I already referenced it on Twitter, but the Justice Muscatas regression metric um flipping one score games or at least regressing to the mean yep. that would make them i think an 11 win team yeah if they regressed to the mean so uh i'm i'm calling it right now if you're gonna bet m- like actual real money on who's gonna win coach of the year next Mike, year i think totally it's mccarthy agreed mm-hmm. i think it's a great bet so we'll, we'll have to you're probably not happy with that but <laughs> no, but we'll have to uh uh, revisit that once the the prop bet out odds come out yep. post Super Bowl. There have been so many like crazy lucky streaks. It, I wonder if I wonder if it's more than just luck this year, and it might have something to do with the lack of middling teams. Um, mm-hmm. Just oh yeah, there's there's no parity this year. Yeah, uh, I, you know I, I I got saluted by um, the the picking. What's the picking thing called that we do? Tally site. My, my tally site. I got I I got cited by them. I was one of only I think six people that picked the Vikings outright. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I would have I would have honestly changed had I made my picks um after, um the D, the defensive backs all went out for the Vikings. But I'll take it mm-hmm. anyway. 
And so I actually I I picked the Saints to win, but the Vikings to cover. cover. Yeah. So I was at least half right. Half right. But by both by by most metrics, the Vikings and the Saints were pretty equal in terms of quality. So I thought I would mm-hmm. take a crack there. Uh. So. So. Uh, yeah, I've had to I've had to talk about McCarthy so freaking much. Uh, let's go back to Seattle. Yeah. So, DK Metcalf. Everyone's talking about his phenomenal. And actually, uh, side note on DK Metcalf, I still owe Twitter a bet that I lost during the draft. Oh yeah. Um. So the Packers picked. Oh geez, was it like seventy something in in the in the twenty nineteen draft? Yes. It was like seventy seventy second. And I'm looking this up exactly. Okay. Uh, the Packers, uh, 44, 75. So the Packers picked Jay Sternberger at 75. All right. Um, and, oh, it wasn't 75. It was uh, whenever their second round pick was. That was Jenkins, right? Which was 44, Elton Jenkins. Um, I said something along the lines of like, if DK Metcalf is still available at 44, I'll eat this tweet. Uh, well, DK Metcalf went 64th. So I do still owe Twitter yeah. a video of me eating a tweet, which I've had planned out forever. Uh-huh. Just haven't executed. So right. I think that'll be a good off-season, off-season content. That sounds good. Okay, so Stay we talked about Twitter. Yeah. Um, Andy Schaff, real quick. Uh, Andy Schaff. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually watched, uh, actually watched the 2014 collapse with Andy. And, uh, oh, that, that's Jesus. Why, that's why we don't uh, watch football together anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> At uh, John Judge's house for the baseball people listening, so that's we also don't watch football there anymore. Um, DK Metcalf is interesting. He did. He's just a deep threat. Um, he he had a okay, not great rookie season. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. he, he was great against Philly last week. Um, he, yeah, he was absolutely outstanding. Their pass defense isn't great. Um, it was not great when the Packers played them. It's still not great now. So that's Philly in a nutshell. Um, DK is fun because. He has a glaring weakness. Uh, if, you, if you go and look at his mock draftables chart, um, mm-hmm. he, he basically can't cut is the weakness. That's not, that is a little bit of an exaggeration. He he did poor in agility drills, like very, very, very poor. Um, he's better than that. But when he, he was like 44th in DVOA in okay season. But he really is just the guy that takes the top off. So as long as you don't get undisciplined, um, remain disciplined in the back half of your secondary, you can take him away without too much trouble. Um, the the guy, the, the good guy for Seattle is Lockett, who is mm-hmm. outstanding. Absolutely. Lockett is, he's a do-everything. He's yeah. I, I, So in your show notes, you compared him to Doug Baldwin. Yeah, because they always have a guy like Lockett, who is mm-hmm. not like widely regarded league-wide, but is like top 10 DVOA every year, um, super productive, beats the heck out of teams when he plays them. Um, you're like, oh, right, they have that guy. He's actually good. Um, so Tyler Lockett, very, very good receiver. Um, I, I think he finished like seventh. And he is like a do-everything. Can go deep, can run precision routes, um, can go over the middle. So um, he will draw, I assume, Jair in this game. Um, and that'll be a fun matchup to watch. Absolutely. I mean, I think Kevin King is a very good matchup for DK Metcalf. I think so too. On paper, that looks like a perfect matchup. Like, like our our small shifty guy against your small shifty guy, and our lanky, strong, guy. fast guy against your. Especially when lanky. you're only going to run like a couple different route combinations. So, so you know what's funny is so Brett Coleman, who I I stand pretty regularly yep. as a, a YouTube film analyst. He actually he just got into it with uh, uh, bets all twenty two on Twitter. Um. Betts is is a very knowledgeable football fan who's also kind of an asshole. Yeah, that's his put brand. Twenty two in your handle that does not speak highly of you. Um, but so, uh, Brett Coleman did a video about divider leverage, which is, in my opinion, a pretty advanced thing for a, a fan to know. I would say so. Um, I actually got, saw like, this exchange now that you mention it. Yeah, and he got like two hundred eighty thousand views, and Betts was losing his mind over it. Yep. And he was like, you know, he's eventually he admitted that Brett's fine for the average fan, but he expects more out of people or whatever. Be like, eh. I'm a pretty knowledgeable fan, and I, I I I learned something from that video. But anyway, Brett compared DK Metcalf to Calvin Johnson after the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin Johnson did not do any agility drills at the combine. Interesting, I did not know that. So if you take out uh, the 20-yard shuttle and the three-cone, 
DK Metcalf looks almost exactly like Calvin Johnson. Okay, fair enough. Um, he's he's an inch shorter. He's ten pounds lighter, but basically all of his other numbers are the same. Well, and you know Calvin Johnson didn't really play like he had much agility. He was pretty much right. a Calvin, vertical guy. So. Cal- Calvin Johnson ran goes and slants yeah. and the occasional post. He was just amazing at it. Yes. Um. So I and he says that if DK went to a, a offense that used him with a, a limited route tree and not double moves, he would be successful. And I think we saw that against Philly. Yeah. Hard to argue but we also, that. we're also talking about a Packers team where the two best athletes on their defense are uh, a corner and a safety. Yep. That is true also. So the Packers have straight line speed to match, match him. I don't think he, like when, when you have someone like Savage back there who, whose closing speed is, is that of a, of a of a freak wide receiver, I think that his take the top off ability. I'm air quoting the hell out of this. I don't know what a good word for it is. <laughs> I think will be limited. I, I hope not, you're right. not ta- not taken away, but I believe limited. So he, like he's gonna have he's gonna have some amazing catch for 40 yards down yeah. the seam, and that's what everyone's gonna go. But I think otherwise he'll be quiet. So like if he had three catches for 56 yards and one of them accounted for 80% of his yards, that would not surprise me. I, I, I think that is a good prediction and a good hope. Um, I just worry that, that, so the Packer defense has been, has been good now for a while. I just mm-hmm. hope that the big play propensity doesn't come back because <laughs> like Wilson's great at buying time and he's, I mean, his big skill is, is pretty accurate deep passes he plays against what the Packers are, you know, actually weak against pretty well. Um, but I agree. Like they don't have, there's not a lot to take away with them. Like everybody else is kind of trash on that receiving core. They, they lost Will Disley earlier this year, who was excellent until he got hurt. Cost me a, probably a fantasy title. Um, <laughs> He's Jake, still mad about him. <laughs> a little bit. Jacob Hollister's their backup tight end. He's not good. He's just a guy. Um, he's, he'd be good on the Packers, but that's about all I can say about him. Um, so when you don't have that much to take away and you have a good pass rush, it seems like a good matchup. It seems like it should work. They, like the other thing that bugs They're, me is they keep scoring against the 49ers who have a good defense. Like mm-hmm. what the <laughs> divisional games don't count. I think we've all, I know it's just bizarre. Like it, everything we're saying about them is like, well, a good smart defense should be able to shut them down. There's not that much to work with there, but then like the 49ers, are that and they can't do it so that's weird but we we also saw trash rams teams destroy the seahawks that's true we did so the the nfc west i think is just is one of those divisions where it's just weird by the way so ram very brief tangent the rams fired um wade phillips um their defense which is so dumb they're so dumb wade phillips gets a uh, i saw greg bedard by the way just he's not going to listen to this so i'm going to greg bedard's been getting cranky and a little weird (laughs) <laughs> um, just so you guys don't, he used to be the Packer beat writer for the Journal Sentinel. I uh, moved to the New England uh, beat uh, for I think the Boston Herald, and I think he's somewhere else now. But he, he when they fired him, he was like, "Well, that's because um, he had a bad season, and he's a one-hit wonder everywhere he goes." Like Wade Phillips was great with the Rams. Um, he had a bit of a down year with them last year, but the, the problem with the Rams isn't their defense. It, they couldn't no. score. <laughs> They were very good on um, on defense this year. They allowed 1.81 yards per drive. In their excellent first Wade Phillips year, it was 1.68, so it was barely worse. So they're dumb. Have, have you read Wade's book? I have not. I, I see people allude to it all the time, and I should. Um, so my, my sister, shout-outs to uh, Katie, got me a copy of Wade's book. It's called Son of Bum. It's a pretty short read. Um, I think the Audible book is like four and a half hours. All right. Should, so the I average Audible book is over seven. So yeah. give it a read. I'm a slow reader, so the Audible version was actually pretty fast for me. Um, it's super good. It's one yeah. of the better um, autobiographical football books. For example, the the complete antithesis to that is Parcells. His book is straight trash. It's a thousand <laughs> pages of look at me, I'm so smart. Yeah, I don't need that. Um, it's One it's, of the it's only things I'm terrible. sure of in football is that Wade Phillips is a great defensive coordinator. So. Um, Wade I'm, Phillips is also an, a hilarious dude. He is a hilarious dude. He's great. I yeah, love so him. read his book, Son of Bum, and thanks to my sister for getting it for me. Yeah. So I, I, I guess that is one thing to look at. So so Wade Phillips' defense did shut down Seattle, and uh, I, part of what this comes down to is what do you think the Packers are more like? Um, not really sure. 
Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So we've we've talked about how Petten is the film grinder. Yep. I think it, we might see some Wade esque looks. And Possibly. Just, and if if it so happens that the Packers pull out ahead because Seattle's dumb and runs a whole bunch, they do. Um, I think so. It's funny. I I made a joke about how Mike Pettin is secretly a Madden player <laughs> uh, because okay. um, so the, the Packers Madden defensive playbook has a uh, phenomenal, it has a, a three, four odds set up, but it also has a big dime one, four, six, uh, okay. which is uh, one down defensive lineman. It's a, it's and a, a three, four. Yeah. It's so it's a, it's a three, four adjustment with one down lineman and two linebackers as your, defensive ends and then um and then you have two more linebackers and six defensive backs all right uh mike Petton runs that a lot oh maybe he is with like when you see like the zadarius roaming plays yep he t- tends to be kenny clark as your down lineman um i i think that that's a very good look if the packers can pull out ahead and this and seahawks have to stop running um, I think a lot of big dime, especially with Raven Green coming back. That is very him helpful, and, actually. If him and Ibrahim Campbell are going to be on the field at the same time, I think you're going to see a lot of big dime looks with yeah, multiple safeties right. in it, linebacker. And that is a good defense for Seattle, too. It really helps to limit Russ as well. So um, mm-hmm. with, You, you get legs. your most, most athletic guys in the spy. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> which, once again, JR is not here for me to give him crap about, but Madden teaches people football. Sorry. It does. Like, <laughs> it absolutely does. It's great for that. Um, so I think we both like the Packers in this game, right? At least. I, I, I think, um, God, I just, I want it to be a barn burner. I just, I want, I want the Packers by 10. I really check, do. Check the but I think quick, actually. it's supposed to be cold and snowy. Nice. That's what I, that's what I heard. Normally I think that plays against Green Bay. Not this year though. I think that helps them, especially against Seattle. Anything that um, makes Seattle more likely to pound the ball is a good thing. Like, so it's supposed to be cold and snowy on Saturday now, okay. and Sunday is going to be twenty-five. Oh, that's not cold. Mm, not no, Lambeau. no. It, so it looks like the cold front that they thought was going to hit later ended up. It's going to hit tomorrow. Okay. So it's going to be cold tomorrow. So eh, yeah. they're they're not going to be playing on a frozen field. They're not going to be kind but, of a bummer. Maybe it'll change again. It's which really is funny because Rogers has done multiple interviews where he says he prefers throwing the ball in the cold i swear he's the only quarterback in the history of the league who has said that he's lying that's <laughs> there's no way that's true first of all he he's says not like that good in the cold he's okay yeah. but he's it's, de- he, definitely he wants has to show the old man problem now too uh, so god i was talking about the old man problem with some co-workers today not realizing that philip rivers is now going to be a free agent yeah as There's, well as Drew Brees. Yeah, and Cam Newton, almost certainly, as well. And um, and Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, probably. It's going to be a wild and wacky offseason. Yeah, living close to Denver, a lot of people want to compare all these guys to Peyton Manning yeah. moving to Denver. But the difference being is Peyton Manning hadn't shown his age. He just Not broke yet. his neck. Yep. And all the guys that are potentially leaving their teams have already shown their age. So all they've true. got two years in, instead of four. I mean, all true. I, I think you can still coax a good season out of Breeze, probably. Um, he played pretty mm-hmm. well. Um, Brady, I think not. He looks like he... I think he's like the 20th best quarterback now, if you want that fine. That, that, did you watch the Miami game? Um, the last Patriot Miami game? Yes. I did not. He was a tire fire. He, he literally threw a late pass to a receiver in the flat that was a lame duck with like a corner who was in a cloud who just like, it was a free pass to the corner who took it in for six. He, he looked lost and weak and old and scared and yeah. sad. No, he I, looked like I, Sam, I, Sam Darnold with a bad arm. I'm with you. I, I think you can probably do like latter day Peyton with Brady. If you have like a great defense when, when his arm was shot because of his neck, you know, they mm-hmm. still, they still put together one great season with, with Manning being a shell of himself. You can get well, that with and Brady. Brock Osweiler and Brock Osweiler too. <laughs> uh, not helpful, but yes, and Brock Osweiler. But like you could do that with Brady. He's not an idiot. He can not throw interceptions and not take any chances and get another Absolutely. ring. Absolutely. Just a matter of if he 
team wants him to do that. Like he should probably go to the Bears, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the rumor mill amongst the regular football fans is Cam Newton to the Bears. Yeah, I see that. Because um, Cam Cam Newton is the passer that Mitch Trubisky is not. That's it's it's not a bad comp. Um, so I I think he I've could run this. Compared Mitch to, to Cam as a ceiling before. So yeah, that. you have. But I I think I think uh, well you've compared him to Kaepernick. I think was that's your, my favorite your comp. Um, Cam is a better think, better runner um, in his prime. Cam's a better runner. He Cam has a better arm. Yes, he does. Cam like I just I think that that Cam is the quarterback that they wanted Trubisky to be. Yeah, I think that's true. So I. I I would be terrified yeah. if Cam Newton went to the Bears. I don't think you can win with Rivers no matter what. I think he's reached the stage where he's just going to huck up a bunch of picks every game. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think he's done. Poor guy. Which I feel bad. I mean, he's got kids to feed. Boy, <laughs> boy does he ever. <laughs> he's got he's got a, a whole offense, right? Yep. He has he a lot of kids. The, the, the joke on Rivers is always, he's basically Jameis Winston with more kids, which... Oh. <laughs> brutal <laughs> totally brutal <laughs> speaking of Jameis 30 for 30 loving we didn't really talk about that Jameis wants to be the first quarterback to throw 30 touchdowns 30 interceptions uh, yes so I actually I wrote a big piece for APC last week about EPA um, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite things is is um, the two closest quarterbacks in the middle of the pack are actually Rodgers and Winston and yes they're like the least similar quarterbacks of all time just because Winston throws the most picks and you know rogers never ever ever throws picks but uh they arrive at basically the same value just because winston also just throws bombs all the time to God well, he threw like five thousand yards this year right yeah, he did he threw it just for a ton of yards he had a huge yards per attempt average they, they moved the ball when he wasn't turning it over he just man did he turn it over i think he had seven pick sixes which is <laughs> which, which is, is uh, aaron Rodgers in his career has, well aaron Rodgers' career has two yep I think, I believe. It's yeah, Winston. Two. Winston went for fifty one hundred yards, um, eighty four passer rating. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> wow! I- imagine having an under ninety passer rating and throwing for five thousand yards. yards. It's it, highs and lows, roller coaster ride. <laughs> the mind boggles. It does. Ne- <laughs> the biggest boom and bust season of all time for a quarterback. Just they were exciting. If you get to watch Tampa this year, it was a. Uh, Never a dull moment. Um, great receiving core and insane quarterback. So it's, it's funny is in the the general fantasy championship week, Winston throw throws. I think it's three picks before he even throws a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, it was the Giants game. Yep. No, not the Giants game. Uh, the the Lions game. Yeah, I threw four picks against the Lions. So that was that was week fifteen against the Lions um, too. Just yeah. So I think he 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 ended up with. He ended up with, uh, I think it was like 18 fantasy points after throwing four interceptions because he threw for 458 yards. <laughs> well, no, I'm no, the Colts game. He threw three, three interceptions in the Colts game and threw four touchdowns against the Colts. Same thing, right. though, 450 yards. So <laughs> all very good. He had a couple of 400 yard games in a row at the end there. So that's yeah. fine. Uh, I, I don't know, man. But also, if, if you would have told me that Winston was the the remaining starter out of him in Mariota, Three years ago, I never would have believed you. Kind of crazy. Uh, I also would never have believed you. I, I still don't really believe in Winston, but um, I don't know. There's like a category of guys like him. You know, I, I made I made my stat, my QB OPS stat, mm-hmm. and I ended up putting in an interception adjustment for it, specifically because there was a big group of quarterbacks, Winston chief among them, that looked too good without it, and like mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense. It, it was. Uh, and there were there were like a few like they were they pushed it down the field, but they would just ruin their value with picks. Fitzpatrick was the other one that stuck out all the time. Like he would Fitzmagic, but Fitzmagic throws the ball down the field. He he takes chances. He's aggressive, just just like Winston though. He gets picked off so much. So like there needs to be a name for those guys. Like maybe Fitzmagic's is the one to go with. I mean I mean uh, Gunslinger I think is a fair yeah. Like they're kind of like, like all kind of farvy in that way just farvian yeah <laughs> so it's funny in we mentioned uh words that you read and you don't say out loud in my head i call it q bops 
I, I also call it Q-Bops in my head. I just Okay, so at least we're on the same page. And I, call it, I call the other one Rops in my head too. So. Yeah, it works. In the same way that I call what you and and, uh, and JR call Enya, I, I call it N-E-A. Because <laughs> it's N-E over A. So I think that N-E-A is... Is that right? Is, it's A-N-Y over A. Yeah, N-E over A. N-E. The word... Like, okay, okay. I gotcha. <laughs> The word any. The word any. Slash. Any. Right. That's adjusted net yards over average? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. So that's the, a lot of people I know live and die by NEA as the definitive QB stat. Yep. That which is quite common. I, I think if if you choose one thing to hit your wagon to, it makes you too tribal. Is that a good word? Sure. Why not? Like you, like in the way that Baldwin stands EPA. Yeah. Which, and... And uh, I know, like, the Set the Edge guys love NEA. And some people swear by passer rating. Anyone associated with ESPN talks about QBR, QBR. way too much. Boo. I think you got to have the amalgamation. You know, know our top 14 like put that together. Did you see that? No, I didn't. No, friend of the I'm show. His last friend of show, Archon. His last guest post at, AP, at ABC was... Uh, I, I'm sorry, I forgot exactly what it was, but he, I think it was F QBR, Franken QBR, something like that. <laughs> um, Franken rating, uh, it had Franken in it because it was the amalgamation of all of them together. Um, and it did not pay to print a picture of Rogers either, but it was a nice weighting of all of them. So, a good attempt at that. Mm. I, I liked it. Um, I check, have to check it out, scroll through a lot. Archon 14 <laughs> on Twitter. Um, he, uh, he's been guest posting at APC quite a bit and doing a good job. Mm-hmm. He's a friend of show, smart dude. Yep, decent uh, writer. Yeah, I like him. All right, let's. Uh, so let. Uh, how are we? Are, are we gonna? Uh, is are you gonna make the intro music memories? Um, I don't. I hadn't memories. Decided, I had decided whether to go with like player specific music or like really on the nose grunge or. Um, like more independenty grunge or like something. <laughs> my, that... my wife and I were, were just talking about how um, indie radio stations, when they play stuff from the nineties, it sounds so out of place. Yeah. It, it does. Uh, because like, cause you have arcade fire and Pearl jam on the same uh, radio station. Yeah. It just doesn't seem right. It's weird. It doesn't so... fit at all. <laughs> so I have not decided on music yet. I haven't picked it out yet. Um, so uh, I I did my my best Eddie Vedder impression box or something. I don't know. There you go. Even <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Uh, so actually, uh, very very good friend of mine, Doctor Gregory Fulmer. He uh, stood with me at my wedding. Okay. He's he has a unit of measurement named after him. It's uh, roughly seven atmospheres, about 108 PSI is one Fulmer. Okay. There's a funny story behind that. I'm sure there um, is. Diehard Seahawks fan, like bleeds teal in 12 or whatever they say. Um, one day to work, he wore a cable knit sweater. And I said, is it, hey, Greg, nice sweater. Does it smell like teen spirit? And then he never wore that sweater again. And I felt kind of bad. Aw. So, so Greg, if you listen to this, I know you probably aren't. Actually, he's a avid field goals reader. He's he's the reason that I first discovered Acme Packing Company. Oh well, there you go. So he's probably the reason that I am talking to you right probably now. So, so thank you, Greg, for that. Um, but if you do listen to this, I know I've said it in person, but I'm now saying it on the internet. I apologize for insulting your sweater. It actually looked quite nice. See, <laughs> doing good. Sorry about the the, the grunge sweater comment. <laughs> but uh he he actually texted me after the seahawks one sent me uh one of the um uh sunglasses coming down on russell wilson and said uh, deal yes. with it Should send him back so injecting himself with nano bubbles or whatever so the last time the seahawks were in lambo for the playoffs mm-hmm. was that all the way back to hasselbeck i think so pretty sure it was so that was the snow globe game, right? Um, that, is that the Al Harris overtime game? No, no, no. That that was before the snow globe game. Uh, the okay. snow globe game was the Ryan Grant fumbles early, uh, twice, oh. and then it goes off for a hundred and whatever. Go, yeah, and two that touchdowns. was playoffs. Yeah, that was playoffs. It was a no Saturday. Way. I went to it. That's 
Um, Playoffs? Yes. <laughs> it's, that, that just, I, I can't not say that. Of course not. Jim Mora. <laughs> Um, it was that that game was a Saturday. Um, that's one of the reasons I remember it. We were able to go out after it. It, it was uh, absolutely phenomenal. Like giant, huge snowflakes. Upper deck ran out of beer, um, and it wasn't even cold. So far of his hucking snowballs at people. Good time. Um, but yes, I, I believe that was the last one. And I also was at the Al Harris game. I, I'm pretty sure that was first. Um, so let's see the Packers Seahawks results. Um, <laughs> looking at. Green Bay versus Seattle home games. Um, 2008 was the last time they they met at Green Bay in the playoffs. Yeah, and Green Bay won 42 to 20. Okay. That um, was a massacre. That sounds about right. Yeah, so um, January 12th. January 12th, 2008. So it was 2007 season. Oh, for, okay, that's right. I was like, because uh, Rodgers wasn't in that game, so that would have been... No. Uh, yeah, so uh, Seahawks 20, Green Bay 42. That's, that is merciless. Yep, and it started off so poorly and then just completely turned around. Uh, Sean Alexander was on that team. Really? Yeah, Still? league MVP Sean Alexander wow. uh, scored scored a uh, a touchdown in the first quarter. Man, did he go downhill fast when he went downhill? Not on purpose, but yes, it was, was quite funny. Right. Well, I mean, did he have Walter Jones when he started to go downhill? I do not know. I don't remember. Arguably the best run blocking left tackle of all time. He was quite good. I think he he was Walter Jones was there forever. He probably did. Just Sean stopped being able to hit holes. Um <laughs> so yeah, uh Sean scored a touchdown 20 seconds into the game. That sounds right. <laughs> right after a grant fumble I'm I'm guessing. Um Yep. So that and, game so we have good this is, we were talking about earlier like we have good luck against the Seahawks most of the time especially in Lambo. That mm-hmm. game was you know bad start but then the Packers just totally took it over. It was a the quintessential Lambeau Field game, just like with giant snow, um, you know, everybody's having a, a party, good time. So that's great. And then they also have, of course, the Matt Hasselbeck famous, we'll take the ball and we're going to score. We No, it's, we want the we ball. We want the ball and we're, we're going to score. score. Okay. Um, which never, just don't do that. You're just asking to lose. Um, so I think, I think you could call that the double agent game. <laughs> maybe so. Um, because... Because Packers legend Matt Hasselbeck threw a pick six. Yes, um, <laughs> and you know Seattle seems to always be linked to like Wisconsin and and Green Bay to some extent too. Like for sure, their recent history is just littered with. First, you have Mike Holmgren. Um, you have the trade that brings Amon Green to the Packers. They have Hasselbeck as their quarterback. Um, once that's sort of all over, they they get Matt Flynn who doesn't work out after a little bit of a break and then they replace him with russell wilson also from the states not from the state we we, <laughs> we claim russell he played one year here yes we all know but um, it was a very good year though yes it was a great year and he he made himself at wisconsin so um they seem they just always are like i don't know picking up what we have there and um also easy to forget like matt hasselbeck made a super bowl and uh, the worst, probably the worst Super Bowl ever, I think. It was against the Steelers. Um, both- yeah, that, well, I mean, that was the that was the ref game, right? That's like Seahawks fans still believe that they were robbed by the refs to this day. I honestly have no memory of that Super Bowl at all, other than that everybody there, was atrocious in it. There were also there were some controversial calls. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I think Roethlisberger, <laughs> who you know got the win in that Super Bowl, had a a sub um, all incompletions passer rating in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was atrocious. So, so I'm I'm currently looking at the the Matt Hasselbeck trade. So the the Packers gave Matt Hasselbeck and their first for Seattle's first and third. So the Packers traded the 17th pick plus Matt Hasselbeck for a tenth and a third round pick. Huh. Um, and the Packers wasted them. I was gonna say uh, already. I uh, think Seattle got the better end of that deal because Matt's a good quarterback. So, so with the tenth with the tenth overall pick, the Packers took Jamal Reynolds. Oh, geez, that's what that that's that, terrible. Yeah. Um, and then with the Green Bay Packers original seventeenth pick, Seattle took Steve Hutchinson. Like arguably Hall of Fame quality yep. guard. And and <laughs> the uh, the inventor of the poison pill um uh free agent contract. Yeah. 
seven time Pro Bowl, five time first time All Team, two time uh, All Second Team All Pro. Good job, uh, yeah. NFL NFL two thousands uh, All Decade Team. Yeah, Steve. Hutchinson and the Packers got Jamal Reynolds, who played in eighteen games, and was it just a disaster? Uh, that was yeah. Uh, so and then with their with their later Seattle pick, they chose uh, Torrance Marshall. Also terrible. Yeah, played on Green Bay for three years, then went to the Austin Wranglers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, an arena legend. Everybody remembers Torrance Marshall's Austin Wranglers career. So <laughs> uh, went on to play for the Tampa Bay Storm. Nice. At least you made so yeah, um, it right, would appear so... that the Packers lost that trade, but yeah. they won the 2004. Uh, I forgot what game that was. Was it divisional? Uh, divisional. Oh, yeah. Wait, that might so, have been wild card. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It was divisional. Okay. Uh, no, sorry. Divisional was the Snow Globe game. Yeah, that was divisional. I remember that. Okay. But yeah, so Packers they won. Pl- they played against... the Giants, I-, I believe, the week after that in miserable cold weather, and it was awful. Um, yeah. So um, who do you want after we win? You want the Vikings or the 49ers? I want the Vikings because it's a home game. I. I... I think I, I do agree with that because I think they also have a better chance of winning. But if they lost to the Vikings and the Vikings made the Super Bowl, it would be crushing and terrible. So, um, right, but the Vikings would get destroyed by whatever AFC team gets That there. is true. Would, so that would, is worth <laughs> worth holding on to. Um, so, yeah, I think I do too. They scare me a little bit, but um, I don't know. I, I, the 49ers have already killed us once, so let's not do that again. Um, well, I'm not necessarily afraid of the 49ers. I'm afraid of the 49ers in San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. In the, in the same way that the reason I picked the Eagles over Seattle, specifically because Seattle usually doesn't travel well. Yeah. And they did for some reason. So, True. well, okay. The reason is because Jadavion Clowney hurt Carson Wentz. But <laughs> poor Carson. It's rough. Yeah. 42 year old Josh year. McCown out there. Every single year. All right. Yeah. We... So I, I think I would rather take the Vikings just because it's a guaranteed home game. Yeah. I I think I agree with you. We're we're in agreement on this point. Also, I live in Minnesota now. If they would to actually win anything, it would be just awful around here. But I would I would survive. I was in Chicago and they made the two thousand whatever Super Bowl, so um, it wasn't too bad. Let's see. Um, oh, so before we do questions, I did want to just if you didn't see the Bills Texans game and you can go rewatch it, especially the last ten minutes or so, you really should do it. It was. Absolutely insane. It was um, a train wreck of a football game. Nobody did anything right. It, all it, like to to the, an absurd extent. There was three consecutive plays at near the end of regulation, which lasted for twenty five minutes, where <laughs> where Josh Allen, the the Bills quarterback, was in field goal range and got sacked three consecutive plays, losing like sixty yards in the process. And I, I'm not kidding about that. Like they they. <laughs> Wow. They were in field goal range. I mean, deep field goal range, which is why they were still running plays to get closer. But they ended up way, way, way out of field goal range. Um, and they went for a fourth and 29, I think, in that game when they could have punted because they still had timeouts. Um, it, it was just a complete debacle. It was brilliant television. Everybody should watch it if they can. It, it is um, like it should be on ESPN Classic all the time. Um, it, it was just amazing uh, also Deshaun Watson was incredible in that game getting out of jams he is but th- that is also like the Seattle Seahawks of the AFC um, they run no offense at all it is just Deshaun Watson making plays and DeAndre Hopkins making plays just a terrible terribly coached team Bill O'Brien's awful um, but uh, <laughs> it, it, so it was at one point I want to make I always talk about how people should go back and watch the compressed games on YouTube there's always a 10 minute version of of the games on youtube um the titans patriots game is 11 minutes long the compressed version the uh saints vikings game is 13 minutes long that's generally the range the bills game compressed version is 19 minutes long <laughs> so, so it's 50 percent longer than any other compressed game i was sad from when that ended, weekend honestly it, it i wish it was still going on right now we could all just live with it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's do some questions and let's get out of here. Um, let's let's try to turn off my camera, see if that helps. All right. So <laughs> um, 
I want to do the first one because I actually looked up the answer, which is um, from Nate Wolfel. Um, do analytics tell us if the deception of having a wide receiver throw a pass on a trick play outweighs the statistical accuracy of having a quarterback simply throw out of the, po- the pocket? I've seen the Vikings use wide receiver in this capacity at least twice in the last three games. Um, the Patriots do this all the time with Julian Edelman, and um, actually Mohamed Sanu did it all the time before he got here. So I looked it up. Um, and indeed, wide receivers are great at passing. Um, <laughs> I looked at the last 10 seasons um, using the Pro Football Reference Play Index uh, for all receivers who've thrown a pass. Um, in the last 10 years, receivers have thrown 164 passes, and they've, they've completed 88 for an average of 21 yards per completion, which is 11 yards per attempt. They have 30 <laughs> touchdowns to 7 picks, so they're better than Jameis Winston. Um <laughs> And I mean, it just on those numbers alone, they're, they're far better than quarterbacks. It's obviously well you can't so go to all the time, but they're, they're thrown thirty touchdowns in one hundred and sixty-four attempts. Yep. Yeah. So if you need a big play, um, a, a a trick pass, a wide receiver pass is a good way to go. It works a lot, and when it does work, it works big. So um, nobody really had a huge individual success rate. I think Sanu is the best. He had four bombs. Um, he had no well, Sanu's, completions. Sanu's a perfect passer rating, right? 158.3? Uh, I assume he does based on looking at the underlying stats. Um, Edelman was pretty good. He had two big bombs. Um, there are a few cheats in there with guys who were kind of quarterbacks too, but um, nobody really stood out as doing it all the time. Um, but, yeah, you should totally do it. It's a great idea. <laughs> if you have a guy who can pass um, who's a receiver, use him. Absolutely. Let's see. Um Hey, you know who played some quarterback in college and is also a wide receiver and does not get used like that? Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Yep. I always wondered why they didn't do that with him. Um, seemed like it would have been a good idea. Just Mike being conservative, I suppose. I've, I, I have also heard the um, Twitterverse blame Aaron. Say I, that I've that Aaron, seen that. Um, Aaron would never allow someone else to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that complaint too. That, that's just made up, right? That that it's absolutely made up. Okay, good. I, I thought maybe there was a quote out there or something, but no, that that, that seems is like complete nonsense. I bet if Aaron like total... was allowed to catch a pass, you'd love it. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine Aaron running the Philly special? Um, no, it's hard to picture. Right. Yeah, I mean right. the the dude even even at in his mid thirties still has wheels. He's not like the, the four six, whatever guy he was before, but he's not yet soon though. Yeah. He, he, um, I wonder how old his cadaver ACL is because he claims that lowered his 40 by a 10th of a second. Okay. So Rogers tore his ACL in college, went with the cadaver surgery, claimed that he was a four, eight guy before his ACL tear. Fair enough. Okay, what other questions do we have before I have to pull into some weird trivia? Um, Nate Cussington, has Pete Pete Carroll ever found a pack of gum or a turtleneck he didn't like? Um, The answer is no. I assume he raided Steve Jobs' tomb or something. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Always John. Let's see. If the uh, Jonathan Deal, if the Cowboys win a Super Bowl in multiple playoff games before Aaron Rodgers retires, is Mike McCarthy vindicated? Um Yes, I think. <laughs> so, okay. My my take on that, I, I saw this question early, so I've had time to formulate my take on that. The Phoenix from the Ashes rise that could potentially happen with McCarthy does not happen without his several years of mediocrity. Uh, that's a fair he knows, point. He knows exactly what he's done wrong. Yeah. He thinks he knows how to fix it. So if we see McCarthy come back, it is only because he failed in the first place. And there are tons of people who need to have that failure to actually realize they need to change. So um, mm-hmm. that is a good point as well. So it's not necessarily vindicated. Um, I'll, I'll say if Aaron doesn't improve at some point here, it starts to vindicate Mike more and more as to what the actual problem was. Um, and doesn't look super likely at this point in time, but you never know. Maybe he'll still yeah. turn it around. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, so Archon previously mentioned, um, how vindicated will we feel when Lazard <laughs> goes for nine, one sixty two, one sixty eight, two touchdowns? Um, Incredibly, still waiting for that. Um, <laughs> if they were playing the Eagles, I'd be all over that as a possibility, just like Metcalf just had that game. Um, but we're not. We're playing the Seahawks, and um, so Lazard has played in the slot a lot lately. And he, if 
He could do some damage over the middle. He's not getting that many targets, though. Just impossible in the Packer offense. They force so much to Devontae. Um, but he was he was wide open and missed so many he times. Was. He should have had that game last week. Um, that's And Rodgers claimed it was timing. Uh, I think... I think if you're overthrowing a dude who's who's six three, and has a catch radius of a two car garage, yep, I think that's your fault. Agreed. So anyway, I hope <laughs> that happens. Uh, we all we all love Allen around here. We we were on him early. We're huge fans. Um, this this is a potential game for him to go off, but the way the offense functions, it just is so focused around Adams and getting people um, a few touches here and there. So. The, the touches for Lazard are just going to be limited until they make a change along those lines. And I think my hot take is that my hot take that's entirely possible is that Geronimo has a better statistical game than Lazard. Uh, I can kind of see that happening. Uh, I'm, I don't want it to happen. I'm mad but I think about it's it, though, so I'm not going to go with it. <laughs> I disagree. Lazard will do better than Ger- Geronimo will. If Geronimo touches the ball like four times, I'll be so mad. He'll definitely fumble once. Um, <laughs> all right, last question uh, uh, from Jeffrey. Rank how painful you think losing this game will be compared to the rest of the Rodgers era. Um, first of all, they're going to win, but if it depends on how they lose, honestly. Because um, when the Seahawks beat you, it's often super painful. Um, it's usually mm-hmm. a, a, uh, something completely stupid happened. And that's awful. Like uh, That'll stick with you for, for a while. But like if they go out there and the Seahawks like score like 50 to nothing on them, eh. That, that that then it'll kind of be like well they were kind of maybe the fraud that we thought they maybe were um it, if they lose a kind of a normal game then it happens sometimes um but i don't know it depends depends on the details losses change a lot based on the details but they're not going to lose so it's fine <laughs> they'll win the cheesehead tv guys were very big on um going after anyone who was talking about what opponent they wanted because they are fully on the hype train of anyone who goes into Lambeau is going to lose. That's silly. Home field doesn't matter I, that much. I thought that New Orleans was a much better matchup than Seattle. Yeah, I, I kind of can see that too. So I was I was really rooting for yeah the Saints. Um, if you've made it this far into the podcast, <laughs> my, my deliverable for you this week, uh, Paul and I discussed this pre-pre-show earlier early today. If Matt Flynn never develops elbow tendonitis, does not develop a noodle arm in 2012, and is named Seattle's starter, do they win the Super Bowl in 2014? Do the Packers win the Super Bowl? No, do do Seattle Seahawks? win the Super Bowl? Okay. Do the Seahawks win the Super Bowl in 2014 with Matt Flynn two years into the Pete Carroll offense? I, I think you all know the answer to that. <laughs> but I would like you to find me on Twitter. At me at call me Matub. Tell me your take on Flynn sanity. If Matt Flynn's elbow never went to crap, where do the Seahawks end up? All right, sounds good. Everybody tweet at Matt, um, and uh, I think that'll that'll wrap up here. You have you have anything to plug? Yes, I do. Hey, on behalf right. of Jr. I'm be- <laughs> uh, Jr. Did a Wisconsin sports moments you may have missed in 2019, and I convinced him to include John Hack. Uh, Powerlifter from Madison, Wisconsin, uh, broke the 2,000-pound raw barrier at 181 pounds body weight. Uh, it's it's monumental for the sport. It's it's like the first 5,000-yard passer. It's something that people thought was impossible five years ago. Wow. Um, so he he mentioned that in his article, and I'm very happy that that a real journalist is talking about another sport that I love. So okay. nicely done. So um, be sure to look that up. So uh, I wrote about EPA last week for Acme Packing Company, and people seem to like that one. It's an explainer. Well, except the comment section. Holy crap. Yeah, but the comment section is always trash on my articles because I always write about advanced stats, and I was of idiots just being like, well, I like the normal stats. Show me wins. Show me rings. Uh, I'm not going to learn this. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. So um, anyway, I'd also like to promote the comment section on that article, which is hilarious and ridiculously stupid. Um but uh, that's a good one. I have my Shepherd Express preview of Seattle coming out now-ish. Should be up there right now. Um, and we will have a mini pod later this week um, with the statistical breakdown for this game. Uh, hopefully this one goes okay. Um, and um, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, um, 
we we are part of the, the Milwaukee's Tailgate Patreon. I'll, I'll be joining that podcast as well. Um, if you want to get the mini pod, and um, we are going to continue to have the minor league pod as well, even though JP is moving on. Um, we have donation tiers set up over there. I'll be setting up stuff for next year too. Um, Tim Brown did win Tecmo Super Bowl 19. I have not mailed it yet. I will mail it tomorrow um, and should be showing up soon. Um, and so we'll get some more, you know, contests and prizes going as well. Maybe around draft time, we'll we'll do something with the draft along those lines. Um, so anyway, head over there. If you want to support the podcast, you can. If you want to support the baseball one, you can too. Um, and I think that will do it. So Hey, tell you what, yep. since I got you here, and I'm a couple, two, three adult pops in at this point, mm-hmm. minor league podcast. Yeah. There is a minor league team in my town. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Formerly uh, Brewers yes. Associated. Matt Lewis. And according to you guys, ruined every pitcher prospect that you had. Well, it didn't ruin them as prospects. It's just hard to evaluate pitchers at altitude. So they put up bad stats. Um, I mean, we're good at adjusting for that, but it also teaches you to pitch wrong. So, yes. So they are now a, like, sub-single-A team. That is correct. What are they um, doing? <laughs> They only play half seasons. Um, it's the, it's a shortened season. But I will go to uh, Colorado Vibes is the name of the team now. Their, their mascot is a flaming s'more. Correct. I will go to a Vibe game. I will report back my findings. And if you'll have me on the minor league pod at that point, I would love to join you. <laughs> All right. Um let me let me run that by the guys, and we'll see if I can make that happen. <laughs> so I don't usually do the minor league pod. So for those of you, by the way, who, who don't listen to the minor league pod or don't care about minor league baseball, minor league baseball is great. You should all go do a game. That's one thing. Second, um, when JP was doing it, he's doing it very in depth. He's getting interviews. Um, he's a great scout. Like I, I don't know. Um, like J- JP is awesome at determining who's going to be good in baseball. Like when last time I was on the baseball podcast. I was ripping on um, Trenton Grisham, um, who I didn't think was very good. But I have to continually bring up, like when I when I brought up like earlier at the playoff run last year that said he was just a guy. JP was like, actually, I wrote that he might be coming up soon, and he's been hitting really well, and uh, recommended people pick him up in fantasy. I was like, all right, yes, you did do that. Fine, nice work. <laughs> um, he got traded, by the way. He's not the Brewers anymore. But like that podcast is super duper well researched and in depth. So, and I'm not on it that much for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think a a football watcher's take of really bad professional baseball yeah. would be a. That's probably true. Might be something worth doing. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get you on there. We're gonna have a crossover week. We the something the for former Sky Sox Stadium is also dog friendly. So if anyone is in the the um. Colorado Springs area when they have the infield tickets I think they're called or the grassy knoll tickets I don't know but th- those are dog friendly seats nice. so you can bring your dog very cool everybody go to the game bring their dog all right guys <laughs> have, have a good week enjoy the game go pack <laughs>